and girls, children of all ages. With exactly nine hours left to play, I give you Psychohead and his brother, the maniacally mental Schizohead. Count yourselves lucky. You got fucked by the best. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's me, your boy, your host, uh, Podcast Head. No, I'm just joking. It's me, Jared, uh, Jared Miller, host of Shell Space Review. You know, the show where we uh, take a randomly curated movie from my own personal collection and see if it is still worth the shelf space it is sitting on. Yes, you should know that by now. We've been here for a handful of weeks, more or less. Um, Yeah. Back, back at it again with a new one. Today we are, uh, um, it's the official announcement that we're becoming a Rob Zombie uh, fan podcast. Kidding, of course, no. We are, uh, uh, We just that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. That's the luck of the draw, as they say. Um, it, it, that's also one of the many flaws of using a random number generator on, uh, you found on Google. So... <laughs> And today, of course, we're talking about none other than Rob Zombie's 2016 horror uh, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. Uh, um, 31. Boo. Now, you may think you see a grease-painted reformer sitting before you, but trust me. I'm not here to brighten your dismal day. I am here to end your miserable life. You know, all in all, you've had a pretty good run. Deep down inside, you must have known. You digging what you see, Pops? I reckon I do. (laughs) It all had to end somewhere. Might as well be now. Tonight, we are going to play 31. And all you have to do is survive 12 hours of our own private. Say we hunt these freaks down and slit their throats. Now we have ourselves a game. Murder school. Oh, it's now in session. Thirty-one is war, and war is hell. 
In hell, everybody loves popcorn. All right, so to kick things off today, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, the movie 31. Well, you know, what's it about? Some uh, fun things from behind the scenes and what have you. And then I'm going to get into some of my favorite scenes that I had in this film. Now, before we even start any of that, I'm just going to say this. Uh, I, I, ugh, I struggle with Rob Zombie movies sometimes. I, there are totally, he's such a filmmaker that is invokes specific moods in people after they watch one of his movies that it's kind of hard to separate that feeling from the image that you're seeing. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves in filmmaking is, um, you know, it's, it's a gift and a curse. I love it when directors use a lot of the same actors for things because, you know, they've, they've had that great working relationship and they, you know, kind of built that trust up with one another and just, you know, want to see the other one in different roles and what have you. I kind of, it gets, you know, that's just kind of where I am right now. It gets a little too much for me to see Rob Zombie and, you know, Sherry Moon Zombie is just like, in you know, same, same story, same cast, kind of same thing every single time. Um, it's okay to change it up. It's okay. Um, but I, I don't know. This is, this is definitely one of those movies where I have so many scenes that are just like tattooed on my brain that I cannot forget about. But I think it's, you know, when you kind of look at the whole grand scheme of things in, in zombies, like filmography, you know, I am a big proponent in thinking that Lords of Salem might be the man's best movie he has ever made. You know, and the, and again, that's a lot of reused characters here. Sherry Moon. Um, uh, what's Richard? Uh, no, Richard Brake was not in that movie. You silly, silly Ju. Um, Jeff Daniel Phillips. That's who I'm thinking of. You know, basically, this movie has a very similar group. Sherry Moon, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Meg Foster's in it. Um, uh, is D. D. Williams in this? No, she's not. She's not in this. But you wouldn't be surprised if I told you she was, right? I don't think so. But you know, it's I like to see the collaboration and when it works. But this is just kind of one of those movies that is kind of just there, almost like it's like the Child's Play reboot with Mark Hamill. It wasn't a bad movie, not by a long shot, not bad at all. But was it, you know, utterly gratuitous? hundred percent, especially the same year they said they a fucking TV show was was coming for for uh, those characters. Like what? Just let's muddy the timelines up a little more. Why don't we? But, you know, I, I you know, there's a whole backstory with this movie where like Rob Zombie told fans, you know, this should have been like a Firefly movie. But like. Lionsgate won't give me the characters, and then Lionsgate's like, you own the characters, dude. What are you talking about? So I, 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 I'm kind of questioned whether or not his heart was fully in this one. There's a great behind-the-scenes uh, documentary on Shudder about the making of this movie. You can watch 31 on Shudder, which I highly recommend if you've never seen it before, just for some of the fucking wildest clown chainsaw scenes I have ever seen 
in this industry. Five carnival workers are kidnapped and held hostage in an abandoned hellish compound where they are forced to participate in a violent game, the goal of which is to survive 12 hours against the gang of sadistic clowns on Halloween night. So, hence the name 31. Movie takes place on Halloween, but they call it 31 because, I don't know, there's something with... Uh, Malcolm McDowell is like the leader called Father Murder and him and his gang, Sister Dragon and I think Sister Serpent, you know, played by Judy, Judy Geeson and Jane Carr. So, I mean, you, you Mrs. I think I know that was Miss Angela Lansbury. I always think that Judy Carr was she's a definitely has voice acting chops. She was in Austin Powers. I always think she was Mrs. Potts for some reason, but that was totally Angela Lansbury. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know, man. It, it just it for some reason those three are are made up in Victorian dress playing thirty one, which means these prisoners need to survive the night for twelve hours. Why not call it just twelve then? I don't know. Um, but you know the like I said the story starts out with these uh, with the carnival crew going through town on Halloween and then they get stopped randomly by these creepy scarecrows on the road and when going out to move the scarecrow this was probably the scene that unnerved me maybe the most of this entire fucking movie these like goons come out like if you've ever seen uh, a Christmas story where. Ralphie is protecting the house uh, as um, as Sheriff Ralphie and, you know, shooting at all the thugs that are trying to uh, invade the house in his Red Rider fantasy. They're all dressed like that, like these fucking like black and white striped shirts, black hats, black pants, black gloves. The only thing missing is them holding like a bag with a dollar sign on it. Like, ooh, we're nutty. Okay, Black Bart. Now you get yours. But um, it was very campy and, and goofy. But just like see those guys like, it. W- I don't know. It was like a 1930s cartoon come to life and it just really freaked me out. But like those guys bum rush the group, take them to the compound where Father Murder and his, and his girls be. <laughs> and then they make them play 31. Or ultimately, you know, breakout role if the movie, in my opinion, two of the breakouts in this movie uh, would be Richard Brake and the uh, phenomenal, incredible Pancho Moller. He's fucking incredible as like a little Spanish Nazi, which, you know, kind of makes you wonder, like, what? Like, <laughs> wouldn't they have problems with Nazis, too? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Who knows? But he's amazing. He's like the first guy, you know, a little person running around at, dressed as a Spanish-speaking Nazi. That's fucking horrifying in my opinion. But, you know, the group gets around him, uh, ultimately comes to a woman who, you know, that ultimately connects to the beginning of the movie where we're introduced to um, Deathhead or Doomhead, excuse me, Deathhead, Jesus. All, all these fucking guys have these stupidest fucking names. Poncho Moller is sick head. He got psycho head, sex head, death head, schizo head, uh, doom head. 
It's just a lot of heads. That's why at the beginning I was podcast head. Maybe that'll be my new uh, my new thing. I'll, I'll just become... This is a podcast head network now. No, just kidding. This is Spooky Time Network, you silly fucks. Uh, but yeah, you know, we that we see him fucking with uh, with um, this woman's husband, the woman that's in the cage that, that Schizo Head and Psycho Head have fun with. Um it just it's it's nuts. It's it's just fucking it's like all gore all the time, which is kind of what I hate about his movies, but at the same time it's almost done to a perfection in this one. It's not too much and it's not leaving you being like, "Oh, that was stupid for what for what it was." Um it's just kind of it's just kind of right. Um ultimately the gang succeeds and, you know, or do they one by one They're They're taken down until of course, shocker. The only ones that are left are Doomhead, Richard Brake, who I'm sorry, Richard Brake, you're too good for Rob. I'm glad that you're in them. You elevate them immensely, but you're too good for Rob zombie movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Richard Brake is the only one left. And then, uh, going after uh, Sherry moon zombies, Charlie, where it seems that she has outrun the clock, makes her way back to, I think, the gas station from the beginning of the fucking movie, where uh, E.B. Daly herself, or E.G. Daly herself, E.B. Daly, it's not E.B. Toys, Jared, you fucking moron. God. Um, E.G. Daly, uh, a.k.a. Tommy Pickles herself, uh, was one of the, was sex head in this movie. So... Uh, I think that's where they met originally. And, you know, Richard Brake finds Sherry Moon there and it's kind of left in the air whether or not she makes it all the way or if he breaks the rules or whatever. Because the the alarm's going off at the end like it's the fucking purge and to, you know, call the truce and be like, we're done now. It's over. So I I don't know. It's 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 got the makings of a movie, but there's just something about it where it's... I don't know. Maybe I need to re because I I had a car. This was definitely a movie I watched through my cell phone screen, had it on, was going texting a little bit just because I I don't know. The last time I saw this, I kind of it fell on deaf ears. Maybe for uh, we watched it. I think in twenty the towards the end of twenty nineteen with the Spooky Time presents uh, when we did our Rob Zombie marathon that right before Three from Hell was coming out. So I. I remember not being as warm to this movie then, but, you know, I probably should have given it a little bit more love and attention this time around. Plus, you know, as much as I hate to say it, getting to the spooky season, that being in the spooky season, as I should say, I'm starting to get a little burnt out on spooky. But that that this happens every year. I kind of go in these like waves where it's like all of a sudden I'm burnt out and then like, you know, the weekend comes get a good sleep, catch up on my sleep. And then by Monday, I'm like, why aren't we watching like, you know, bust out, you know, uh, storm of the century or something. Let's watch something horrifying right now. Um, but that's just kind of me. That's where I'm at. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of my feelings on this movie so far. Um, but you know, there are some fun shit that went down the background of this movie that was being made. Um, this as much as I maybe, on the fence about liking this movie, 
you do have to admire the fucking skill and craft that did go into it, especially because this is the this is the first movie one that Rob Zombie ever crowdfunded. It seems to be his preferred method of making movies at this point because I think every because after this was. No, yeah, this is the last movie he's crowdfunded, and, and the, he's only made Three from Hell and now The Munsters after this. But I think with Netflix's involvement, I don't think he needed a crowdfund for that. But for 31 and Three from Hell, he crowdfunded this. Um, 31, he ended up crowdfunding twice to get you know more money for, because I don't think the first campaign was ultimately that successful. But that's, that's impressive. I mean, yeah, you're going to be like, Jared, he's a... Famous rock star, people who like his music are going to give him shit. Even so, that's kind of interesting to me that, you know, I hate it when people like Zach Braff does it because I fucking hate Zach Braff. But Rob Zombie is just, I've said this before, I'll say it again. He just seems like a cool fucking dude you would love to hang out with and just like chill with. And he would just seem like very down to earth. Like, not give you any, I I feel like he just kind of, when he looks at you, he looks at like a person. He's not just like, uh, he doesn't think he's above it or anything like that. I can be totally wrong. That's just the appearance I've perceived from his interactions. And uh, yeah, I don't know. He seems pretty fucking cool. So Rob Zombie also said the reason he said this movie on Halloween was because he had read a statistic which states that people go missing on Halloween in the United States uh, more than any other day of the year. And he thought that would make an interesting premise for a movie. Um, that's kind of horrifying to think about because it's already like, you know, uh, you got to worry about the barrier between the living and the dead being at its lowest. And it's like, what's getting these people? Is this like, I don't know. Is this like more people are being taken away a la Donnie Darko? Or is this more of a creepy ass fucking uh, otherworldly being coming in and snatching people away while the barrier is low? Either way. That's fucking horrifying to, to think about. And uh, so keep that in mind. Once Halloween comes, you got about 25 more days till Halloween. It's the 6th. This is dropping tomorrow the 7th. Yeah, be safe. Be safe out there. Stay in groups. Check your candy. Tell a parent or a trusted adult. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that is a fun fact, in my opinion. Um, zombie calls this movie his most brutal film, which I would argue I agree with. I've never seen more people be chainsawed in my life. I, I would say that I think there's more blood anguish on the actors faces in, in the Halloween movies, but this was just like, you don't even have time to see the, the, the actor have anguish on their face. They are just getting fucking mowed down left and right. And it's kind of incredible to not watch. If that makes me not sound crazy, I don't know. It's 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 hard not to just like get fucking either your face is completely gone, like you're covering your eyes, or you're fucking just like glued to the screen, like you can't believe what you're seeing. Um, but apparently, also in that in in this on the set of this movie, Sherry Moon Zombie was quitting smoking, and she. Uh, said the misery of that added to her character and really helped her get it all um get a get a get a good performance for the for the camera which I thought was kind of a 
funny as I am trying to quit smoking myself. It's fucking hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. So people who have done it, maybe you can share your tips with me to let me know how you did it. Because man, oh man, it fucking sucks. Oh my goodness. Uh, finding out too, the goons of this movie, some of the people who helped uh, fund this movie had role at, had roles as the murder world goons who uh, ultimately collected the uh, the carnies into their car or in the the van or whatever the fuck it was to take them back to the uh, to the compound. They were horrifying. They they must have really vetted those people who worked on this movie or donated to the uh, to the movie because I I they were they were horrifying. Kudos to them. They were fucking wild. Okay, and one last fact that I've got here that I found to be pretty interesting. Yeah, one of the other big feats that I thought this movie had was that it was shot in 20 days, which, you know, it kind of, it seems doable. It's in one location, but, you know, you are you have so many other variables you need to keep track of, lighting and, uh, and just, you know, continuity with the blood and just, it, there, there's just a lot to be said and done for, being in such a short, small place and doing an entire shoot there within, you know, essentially barely not even three weeks. That's that that kind of blows my mind that they were able to get all that done within 20 days, which, you know, when you think about it, that bravo, it's a uh, it's a feat. It's a marvel. It's uh, it's Rob Zombie's 31. So that kind of does it for me for the fun facts. Um, kind of. Let's go now into where I'm I'm I think most people are are kind of their heads are at now. Some of the best scenes of this movie. Now, I think that this movie does have a lot of memorable scenes, um, but maybe these aren't necessarily the ones you have. If not, shout it out. Shelf space or um, just hit, send us an email at the shelf space review at gmail.com. Um, let me know what your favorite scenes were. If there is anything I'm about to miss. So let me know. Um, Doomhead's introduction at the very beginning of the movie where he's playing almost with the uh, with the guy who was there. You, it's, it's completely from his point of view. We're watching Doomhead come in, you know, light up a cigar or cigarette or whatever. And, and just kind of he he's you can just tell right away this guy's fucking nuts. The smile, the uh, the the eye expressions, the it just the, everything he's doing just like. This is where people started saying they wanted to see Richard Brake play the Joker. And you know what? I I think he could do it justice if there was, I don't know, if they had incorporated the Joker or something and uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice as, you know, like an aged Joker being Richard Brake. Maybe that movie wouldn't have sucked so much. But that's, I don't know. He just really creeps me out in, in that scene where he's just kind of laying it all out. I was like, I'm going to kill you, and 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 this is what we're going to do. They call me Doomhead. Now, I don't call myself Doomhead, mind you, but they do. Who's they? Well, some mysterious folks that pay me a whole lot of scratch to do what I do. And what I do, unfortunately for you, <laughs> I do real well. Now, let's get one thing between us straight. 
Mr. P.T. Barnum may claim clowns are the pegs on which this circus is hung, but I ain't no fucking clown. You know, another great scene, I think, in this movie is the um, uh, the entrances of Schizohead and uh, Psychohead. They just kind of come out of no... You think that the group... The group thinks that they've kind of found some solid ground to walk on now that they've defeated uh, Poncho Moeller. And then, you know, over the over the loudspeakers, we 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 get the introduction to these two and how they're like these crazy fucking pervy clowns. And ultimately, they get most of the guys and and I think they get, you know, Meg Foster and uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips stuck in a cage and then that turns into one of them being in the cage with them and the other one not. And it's just. And then they go to town on the guy that Doomhead was talking to his wife with the chainsaw, like cut her in fucking half. It was, it was just so much happening. So much going on. Very scary. And that's definitely one of the scenes that left me more uneasy. But because of that, I think that's why I'm considering it almost like maybe like scene of the fucking movie that grabbed me. I don't know. It was it was pretty pretty insane. scene that I've got here is honestly the ending scene. Uh, You've got Richard Brake coming out like he is pure fucking Joker. Double fisting switchblades staring down Sherry Moon. You got Dream On playing in the background and and it just it ends on such a cliffhanger. You don't know whether or not he's going to do and complete the job and take take her down they're going to like deem her the winner. What's going to happen. And then we just fucking like cut to nothing. Like that is so, uh, I like, I love it. And I hate it when things are like that, because there's always nine times out of 10. I'm watching a scene where I just, I just need a little bit more to get through it all. And then this is ultimate will ultimately one of those scenes where we, uh, you know, you just want a little more. You just want to see what happens. But that's, you know, maybe the mark of a good of a great filmmaker, one could argue, where he uh, teases us and leaves us wanting more. So kudos to you, Rob Zombie. Those are some of my favorite scenes for 31. Maybe if I completely missed the mark or if you've got one that I forgot to mention, let me know the shelf space review at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram shelf space review. 
So yeah, that's really kind of the end of the show here. Um, I think that this one, this is almost like a use in case of emergency movie. I feel like it's still worth the shelf space. It's got a great fucking, uh, I believe it was target exclusive steel book that this came out with. Um, very kind of cool. You got the whole gang standing on the, on the front, you know, with like their weapon of choice throughout the movie, just ready to fuck shit up. I, I, I'm not going to say I love this movie, but I really think it's, it's definitely growing on me. Uh, I think you should check it out if you haven't already streaming on shutter, great making of documentary on shutter as well. Definitely check it out. Rob zombies 31. So before we go, as per usual, we are going to pick next week's movie, a random SOB from the random numbers generator I talked about earlier. Um, Okay, so we got everything all queued up, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a handful of pickups I've I've gotten for movies between now and then, so the list is ever so growing. Um, I'm excited to see what, what next week is. So maybe it'll be one of the new titles I just picked up, you know, the new evil dead fright night poltergeist. It's it, there's, there's been so many great movies coming out lately and so many great re-releases. So, okay. Without further ado, let's get to our random number generator. Okay. All right. I've got my number here. The number, which is spit out for me is 299. Now let's, uh, Take a look now at our list. Oh, man. Just in time, you know, stay, sticking with the theme of spooky season because we are going to be back next week with uh, M. Night Shyamalan's comeback, in my opinion. Real fucking wild shit. Um, his movie starring James McAvoy, Split. Oh, man. That I I haven't seen Split I don't think in full since the theater so it's it's a it's a gr- Ugh, I'm excited for this one I'm not gonna say it's a great movie for all I know it's totally gone down the tubes but I think um, being a secret sequel has always been something that I've thought was just like the coolest shit so until then like I said you can find the show on Instagram at shelf space review find me on instagram at j likes movies or you can send us a email drop us a line at the shelf space review at gmail.com and please 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 be sure to check out our uh, other podcast on the network spooky time presents where that is all scary movies all the time we are in the midst of our halloween season going on right now so more fun stuff to be coming on that if this show isn't necessarily scratching your spooky itch you can find more fun stuff there on the uh, Spooky Time Presents page. Uh, And that is all I have. We will see you next week with M. Night Shyamalan's Split. Until then, stay creepy.